trying to think of like all the podcasts I listen to and then just rotate and introducing us in the different ways that other podcasts okay. introduce themselves. <laughs> okay. What do you got? Like, <laughs> like with the low post. I'll just be like, Welcome to Barbacoa Big Red Basketball. I'm John Lugo, joined by Will Darnell. Will. Season starts Tuesday. We're recording now. Oh, <laughs> oh okay. Um, yeah, it does start Tuesday. Today is Sunday. Uh, just to let all of you lovely, lovely, lovely loyal listeners. That's a lot of alliteration. I'm sorry about that. Um, I have a sinus infection. and We didn't record yesterday because I thought it would get better. And it has gotten worse. <laughs> that's, that's really bad. <laughs> it doesn't feel good, that's for sure. Nah. I'm going to call in sick, though, so it's fine. Yeah, I was about to say, just call in sick and y'all, that'll make you feel better. <laughs> okay. So, there has been a lot of random stuff going on. We're mostly going to be spending this episode making predictions about the playoff seeds for this upcoming season, which again starts on Tuesday. But uh, first, we want to hit up some quick news and notes. First thing, uh, we had a lot of extensions signed over the past week or so particularly with rookies, as they tend to do at this stage in their career. And um, quite a few, but we're going to talk about the main headlining extensions. First one that we have listed here is Gary Harris, guard from the Nuggets, who signed a four-year, $74 million deal that could become $84 million if he meets all of his bonus marks. Uh, I know Will wasn't a big fan of that whenever it first came out because when it did, he sent me and Trent a text message with him writing over a screenshot of the extension news, LOL, ha ha ha. <laughs> yeah, I use my Samsung Galaxy Note 8 to do that. <laughs> Please sponsor us, Samsung. <laughs> um, into more serious news, this is a bad contract. Um, Gary Harris... I think junior. No, no, Gary. That's Gary Clark Jr., the blues singer. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's not a junior. <laughs> Gary Harris is an okay shooting guard. Um, I think he averaged like 13 or 14 points a game last season. Yeah, I have his line. Assists or something. Yeah, I have his line right here. He's 23, and he averaged 14.9 points, three rebounds, three assists, Ooh. and 42% from three. Okay, so the three-point number is obviously the best of that. And the fact that he's 23, but I feel like locking him up for 17 million, no, like 18 million per season is a little, a little steep. It's, I understand why they did it. I think it's a, similar to like the Drew Holiday thing where the Nuggets don't expect to get someone better to come to Denver and play two guard that's 23 years old. So you got to pay the guy you have. And they wanted to get him early, I guess. Because then he would be a restricted free agent at the end of the season, right? Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, that was a play with this move because I like Gary Harris. I think he has a really good shot of breaking out into one of the best shooting guards this year. Uh, which isn't saying much because shooting guards' depth is really shallow across the league right now. But um, I like it a lot. I think he's shown enough potential to warrant that kind of contract. And also, I, I just, 
I don't. I mean, you could make the argument that he's overpaid, but at this point, I'm just thinking, why not? Because they're already at the point. They're not going to have cap space again. They spent a lot of money on Millsap next summer. I, I don't know if it's not not at the end of next season, but I think the following season they're going to have to. One of those two summers, they're going to have to do something with Nikola Jokic, which is obviously give him the max. Uh, that might be this season. Um, yeah, yeah, he because he's owed. They can they can make him play next year for one and a half million, and then he'll be a, an unrestricted free agent, or they can give him an early contract extension. Yeah, and <laughs> if you're the Nuggets, you do not want to risk losing Jokic. He's like the first he's like the first player that you've drafted who means a lot to the team since like Carmelo Anthony. So yeah, so let's think about like some some comparisons for Gary Harris Jr. Um, around the same age same dollar amount kind of is Victor Oladipo who would you rather have Gary Harris easily easily right yeah um let me think is there another analogous player it's hard to say because around the same age for the same money there's not that many great shooting guards right now in the league would you rather have him or never Google Evan Fournier easily Harris Is French. <laughs> John hates the French. You heard it here first. <laughs> no, I do not. Gary Harris. Uh, I don't know. It just all the guys on the Nuggets outside of Jokic, your Will Bardens, your Gary Harris's, your Jamal Murray's, your Wilson Chandler's. They all just feel like interchangeable parts to me. Like that anyone that you pump anyone into that lineup and they get those same numbers. <clears throat> if Gary Harris can jump up to like a twenty nineteen or twenty point per game guy. And maybe average more than three assists. I think that this deal is warranted. But at 15 points, three rounds, and three assists, 18 million a season is way too much. You didn't say Moutier. Are you a believer in Moutier then? <laughs> no, I do hate the French. <laughs> now, I think Emmanuel Moutier is one of those guys who's going to be playing in China in like six to eight months. Wait, were you saying that Moutier's French? <laughs> is he not? I thought he was like Congolese or something. I mean, Emmanuel Moutier is definitely a French name. He, he's Congolese. Oh, <laughs> is Congo at least in West Africa? Do they speak French in Congo? I I, I don't know. I, I don't have a good idea of Africa. <laughs> an African. John map hates in my Africa. Head. We heard it right there. That's not true at all. It's like in the center. Huh. Okay. Emmanuel is definitely a French name. I don't know why I assumed that he was French. But either way, I like the point still stands. <laughs> I think that Moody, and I think that you probably agree with me, is one of the guys who's going to be out of the league soon. Not out of the league. I feel I. I'll give him one more year to just show that he's something. I'm not ready to give up on him yet. But what was the name of the guy that David Kahn drafted instead of Steph Curry? Johnny Flynn. Johnny Flynn. I think he's going to follow in the Johnny Flynn footsteps. <laughs> oh, my God. They're around the same size. The difference is that at the time that he drafted him, everybody already knew that it was a horrible decision. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Speaking of the Johnny Flynn uh, era in Minnesota, that was David Kahn. And the reason why the Nuggets need to just give Jokic his money is because the Timberwolves didn't do that with Kevin Love, and then he yeah. signed the three-in-one deal, and they ended up losing him a year early. And Gordon Hayward in Utah, the same thing happened. They didn't want to give him the full five-year max, and then they got fucked because he chose to go to the Celtics. <laughs> yeah, and like not only that, but with the whole Wolves thing, it was like pretty obvious that he wasn't offered the full five max because they wanted to make Ricky Rubio the face of the franchise, Yeah, which turned out well. <laughs> yeah. 
Okay, okay, we got a little off track there. <laughs> Sorry. Gary Harris contract, uh, I give it a C. Uh, or C me later. <laughs> it could be good, it could be bad. B minus, I guess. Yeah, same thing. <laughs> okay. Joel Embiid, five years, $148 million. However, only half of it is guaranteed. <laughs> It's been described as one of, if not the most complicated contract in the NBA. There, there are supposedly a lot of markers that he has to meet to get to the four, $148 million, yeah. which is a whole lot better than when what was initially reported. Without, it was initially reported without all of the incentives and the 50% guarantee. If, you, if they decided to give a full 148 to Joel Embiid, I was like, holy shit, that, that would have been really bad. Just to put it into perspective, Joel Embiid has played 31 NBA games. That yeah. means that they're going to pay, <laughs> according to this contract, they're paying him almost $5 million per game that he's played so far in the NBA. Yeah, and let's not forget that those first two years he didn't play, he was still catching those checks. Yeah, he was still catching his rookie first round, first overall draft pick checks, right? Uh, no, pick? he was third. Oh, yeah, 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 he was third, he was third, because he, he was injured. Yeah, yeah, behind Wiggins and Jabari, I think. Um, so my first thought is, uh, after last night's Twitter stuff, you should just guarantee him the other half. Oh, He's yeah. been having a Twitter B4 with Hassan, White, Hassan Whiteside of the Heat, and yesterday, the culmination was he, he geotagged his Instagram <laughs> as being in Whiteside, which is apparently a place, and he said at the end of his post, my location is trashy as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> and he is just relentlessly been clowning us on Whiteside, which is so random and hilarious. Joel Embiid is great. Um, Basketball-wise, I don't know if I would have guaranteed him even the $74 million. Because he's played 31 games. Even if it's just $74 million, that's still $2.5 million per every game that he's played so far. For fuck's sake. Think about that. I mean, <laughs> it like makes my head like legitimately want to explode. But you look at how well he's played in the preseason, especially against Whiteside. I mean, he's a god. He, he's a young he, god. <laughs> he, he, if he like, I know this will never happen. It's probably gonna be years away from happening. But if he can play a full season, he's immediately a top five player in the league. Yeah, on uh, the low post with Zach Lowe, Ryan Rosillo, that creepy, creepy naked, drunken <laughs> stalker man. <laughs> somehow kept his job. I wonder, is it because he's white? Yeah, it's because he's white. Why he still has a job. <laughs> anyway, fuck ESPN. Um, <laughs> on Zach Lowe's podcast, they were saying that if Whiteside was healthy, they could envision a scenario where he's the best player in the league after the LeBrons. You, you, you mean Embiid, you said Whiteside. Oh, fuck. It's definitely not Hassan Whiteside. There's yeah. no scenario outside of North Korean first strike that kills most NBA players where Hassan Whiteside is the best player in the NBA. That's not a world that I want to live in. Please take me, Kim Jong-un. I mean, there's literally nothing that Joel Embiid is bad at. No, he's good he, at defense, he can shoot, he can dribble, he can finish at the rim. He's the he's perfect hilarious. player. He's also pretty handsome. Yeah, and cool he, hair. he's hilarious, too. He has, like, everything. He has the charisma. He um, has all the tools. A lot of people love Giannis Antetokounmpo because he's foreign, and, like, he's, like, it's kind of, like, funny. Like, he's, like, yeah. doesn't really understand our culture. He loves smoothies. Yeah. Joel Embiid is also a foreign guy, but he perfectly understands American culture at this point. Yeah. <laughs> he's yeah. a troll. I can see him, like, guest starring in WWE superstars and stuff. Very soon in his career. <laughs> he's just like, I, I really like Joel Embiid. And I, like, 
there was a preseason clip where he was at the three-point line, and he pump faked, and then he dribbled past his defender, and then he dunked from, like, right inside the three-throw line. And it's like, oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. He... This is this is worth the gamble, even with the half guarantee. I think it's definitely worth the gamble because if not, then, I mean, he would have been a restricted free agent next summer, and someone else could have signed him without all of those, without all of those uh, markers for the full guaranteed amount. So then they would be stuck either losing Joel Embiid or promising him all that money. Yeah, and this feels like a further delineation of the process right now. Because the process, the process, air quotes, was <laughs> yeah. all about uh, embracing variance in the draft. And by giving him all this money, they've been, like, it's like the biggest variance between results that could possibly be. Either Joel Embiid is great and this contract is perfect, or he plays like five more NBA games and they owe him $75 million for nothing. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Those are the stakes. It's the widest possible breadth of margins. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but what else can you do with Joel Embiid? Uh, you could have waited for him to get the restricted free agency, <laughs> and and then and then promise him the full one forty eight. I don't know. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. It's a, it's obviously a tough position. I think they probably could have signed him for less than this. Yeah, I mean, unless he has like the world's shrewdest agent. <laughs> so, do you think that the, that that the half seventy four is too much for him? Based on thirty one games, yes. Based on his like potential and talent, no. But you're essentially giving him Gary Harris's entire contract for thirty one games of NBA basketball. If it had just come out that he signed a seventy four million dollar extension, how would you have felt about it? I would think that it was much more reasonable based on the risk involved. He's only played 31 games out of a possible 246. Do you think that he comes close to meeting the markers to make a full 148? <clears throat> it depends on what the markers are. I think he'll probably play like 55 games this season. Yeah. I think that if he can do that and then like steadily ramp up the number of games he plays, that he can reach some of the markers. But I think some of them are like, all NBA teams and MVP and stuff like that. I think a lot of it is uh, not necessarily, I mean, it's probably a little bit that, but I've heard that it's more um, like total games, total minutes, and uh, particular particular injuries. I forget what I forget what kind. I, I heard a little bit about it on the Dunked On Basketball podcast, but they mentioned that like they're covered for certain injuries if they recur. Um, so a lot of it is just based on his health. Yeah, another thing that was on the uh, the low post, they brought up the Maurice Harkless situation with the three-pointers <laughs> yeah. in, uh, in Portland. So Maurice Harkless is a small forward for the Trailblazers. He had a, a clause in his contract that if he shot higher than 35% from three, he got an extra million. Yeah, something like that. He got an extra million dollars. So he got to 35.1% in like game 73 or something. And then for the other nine games, he didn't shoot a three-pointer for the rest of the season. Yeah. So... If Embiid is, like, one game away from the marker or, like, 25 minutes and the Sixers are – their fate is already decided, organizationally, it would be a smart move for them not to play him. And yeah. And essentially, when you have these markers and contracts, you're, you're setting yourself up for the situation that baseball teams do with, like, inning-pitched markers. You can decide what innings that guy pitches, and then you control his money. Yeah, which could become very, very ugly because this is the first kind of NBA contract <laughs> – 
like this where so much power is in the organization because they could just hold him out and decide to not pay him the money, but then if they don't have a reason to, then they kind of have to, and then they have to fork up whatever amount that would be. Yeah. So I, I just think it's really fraught with complications, but most seriously, it's can he actually stay healthy? Yeah, and I don't think it'll ever get to the point where he's like one game away. I feel like if if the marker is like 60 games and he's at 59, you're you're probably around that game in the season. Like I don't I don't think it's going to come down to one final game or one final minute or whatever that he gets his extension money. So yeah, that would be wild. So where do you rate the deal? What do you think? I I'll I'll give it an A. I really really like the structure of it uh i mean you you obviously can't give up on the guy he's he's like a symbol of the whole process and if this turns out if this works out well for everybody then you may have the best player in the league i see that and i can definitely see a case for giving it an a but there as far as i can remember has never been a big man in nba history who started off with such injury troubles and then those have decreased over the course of his career it never, ever happens where the injuries decrease for a big man. So he's the next Greg Oden. <laughs> no, I don't think he's the next Greg Oden because Greg Oden played some NBA basketball and was mostly mediocre garbage. <laughs> <laughs> Joel Embiid is already better in the 31 games that he played than Greg Oden ever was. Yeah, that's true. I thought it was pretty funny, too, on the low post where they talked about what if it was the other way around and Mo Harkless was at, like, 34%. Oh, and he, chuck, chuck. <laughs> and he just started chucking nonstop. <laughs> that is my dreams. Apparently that clause is in Harkless's contract again this season, and I fucking oh, really? sincerely hope that he's below <laughs> by, like, a couple percentage points. That would be really, really funny. Okay, so um, the last one we're going to take seriously <laughs> is uh, Andrew Wiggins who signed the similar deal to Joel Embiid, five years, $146.5 million. And, um, I mean, he kind of you kind of had to. Andrew Wiggins, uh, who's, who's one of the best players that is probably, should be the second best player on the team, but since the Jimmy Butler trade happened, he's, he's relegated to third. And, I mean, he still has some kinks to work out, but at, in, in this market... And his level of talent, how do you say no to? He was gonna get the he was gonna get the max regardless whether it's now or in free agency. So you might as well give it to him now. I think that that's the overwhelming point is that they didn't really have a choice. You're the Minnesota Timberwolves, yeah. Just like the Pelicans didn't have a choice about paying Drew Holiday, yeah. You don't have a choice when you're the team in Minnesota. No one is choosing to come there. Yeah, yeah. They have it, to trade for Jimmy Butler. Yeah, yeah, it's all this. It's all the same things that are put in the same scenario as other teams have been, where you pretty much had to the Jazz with Rudy Gobert. Uh, um, I mean, they could have made the mistake that the Jazz made earlier with Gordon Hayward of letting him enter restricted free agency a few years ago, which turned out to bite them in the ass. <coughs> yeah, because he signed a three-in-one deal. Yeah, and that's why he's on the Boston Celtics right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, who knows if he would have still been there a year from now? But you would have at least had one more year. Yep, could have run that back for another year. Okay, so Wiggins, five years, full max. There's no <laughs> options either. It's just a straight up five years. I like that there are no options. I don't think that it's good to give the player an option. Tell me more from a team perspective. <laughs> okay, so so it sounds like I'm going to argue against labor right now. Which, if you know anything about me. It's a pretty strange decision for me to make. <laughs> um, 
if I was the Timberwolves and I was backed into this corner where I have no choice but to give Wiggins his money, I want all five years of Andrew Wiggins. I don't want any bullshit of him getting to leave early. And that's what I would tell him, and I'm sure that's the exact conversation that they had. Where yeah. his agent probably wanted a 4-1 and one or a 3-1, and one, and they were like, no, <laughs> you want the max, you're taking the full five with no options. So either he is the exact same player right now, five years from now, and you don't feel awful about the contract, you don't feel great. Yeah. Or he's better, and he has no option to leave you a year early. There is no downside for Minnesota yeah. to sign his five-year contract. I don't remember the last time this has happened. I'm so used to three and ones and four yeah. and ones. The last time a full five, that was what maybe in the last CBA, maybe. I think it's funny. It's it's an odd thing to say that in this case the player didn't have any leverage, but I don't think Wiggins had any leverage on the structuring of the contract. If he wanted the money, he had to take this deal. I don't think he would have necessarily minded it. It's just like, I mean, obviously the players prefer to have a little bit of power and having that final option. But if you're also being told that you're gonna you that like the only offer we'll give you is one with full five years guaranteed, he's probably like okay. Sure. I mean, he would be stupid not to take it. It's almost thirty million a year for what some people describe and <laughs> advanced defensive metrics apparently describe as the worst single defender in the NBA. Yeah, which is very strange. He definitely doesn't look like the worst defender in the NBA. It's so weird because he came from Kansas, and like that was supposed to be one of the assured things about him. And it was like, if if anything else, if his career doesn't pan out, he's at least a solid defender. And I mean, I don't know, maybe that the eye test tells a different story. But I, like, there are so many metrics that say that Andrew Wiggins is not a good defender, which is weird. He has a lot of James Harden to his game where he doesn't chase around the screens. He's kind of sloppy on defense. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Hopefully that, that that's the kind of thing that a couple seasons with Tom Thibodeau. And then just as a personal example, I have been a lazy teacher in the past. <laughs> <laughs> but working with teachers who are better than me, like it gives you like like an internal sense of shame to work harder. Yeah. I think seeing Jimmy Butler and Taj Gibson busting their ass on defense it's yeah. going to elevate everyone at least 5 or 10% on the defensive end. Yeah. And if you elevate him 5 or 10% on the defensive end, he's no longer the worst defender in the league. Yeah. He, I think that's hyperbolic anyway, because clearly uh, Ryan Anderson is the worst defender in the league. <laughs> so, he, def- he definitely needs to be become a better defender if he wants to be a leader by Kevin McHale standards, <laughs> <laughs> which so, we'll talk about later. <laughs> so, I give the trade a B, I mean, I give the deal a B minus. I, I, I guess a B. I mean, there wasn't really anything else to do, yeah. so... There's no option for either person, but I think that, that that's like getting a B in a class. Okay. So, <laughs> the last one that we're going to talk about, which is one that uh, baffled me, because I still don't really know much about him, really, is TJ Warren <laughs> signing a five-year, $50 million extension with the Suns. And like I said, I don't know a whole lot about him. Four Part- year. Four year. Partially. Well, what did I say? Five. Oh. And, <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's partially because uh, he just blends in in Phoenix in the worst ways because Phoenix <laughs> is such an irrelevant team right now that, like, he's that, that pretty much everyone on the roster outside of Booker, Bledsoe, and Josh Jackson is pretty much forgettable. So... Yeah, you you tell me. Here, wait. Let me see. Let me just at least say his stats. Yeah, yeah say he had stats. his he had his best season last year at fourteen points and five rebounds in sixty six games. Okay, 
So, what do you think about this? I think that it is interesting that his stats are very similar to Gary Harris's stats. But we're killing this deal. I think... I mean... And it's for half the money. I mean, I just don't think that... I think Gary Harris's deal has more value because it's obvious that he has tools to be better, and uh, he I think he is a better scorer. I don't know what TJ Warren's <coughs> three-point shooting percentage is, but... It's bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, Gary, Gary Harris can shoot the three. He's already shown great chemistry with Nikola Jokic. Uh, the Nuggets had, I think, in the second half of last season, they had the best offense in the league, and Gary Harris was their starting shooting guard. I think he played a role in that, so... Yeah, so I think that... I set up that straw man for you to knock down. For, uh, <laughs> to illustrate the point that um, when you look at the traditional stats like points, rebounds, and assists, there's just like there's so much emptiness in those numbers because for one, if there is a team that has empty stats, it's the Suns. Yeah. For the last two or three years, since they tried the Dragic Bledsoe thing and barely missed the playoffs, yeah, literally not a single one of their games has mattered for any reason. Yeah, I mean, someone on the t- uh, like, I mean, I need to watch more TJ Warren to see. You if don't, I- <laughs> but like, I mean, someone had to score on this team. Yeah, it was Booker. It was Bledsoe before they sat him to tank, <coughs> and then and then yeah. apparently TJ Warren as well. It wasn't anybody else. Like, if you take TJ Warren out of that lineup and you put Eric Gordon on instead, Eric Gordon averages almost twenty five points a game. Yeah, because he just gets the chuck all day long. Yeah, TJ Warren is like a poor, poor, poor man, Samarta Rosen. He can't shoot particularly well. He's an okay mid range shooter. He can't shoot threes at all. He can get inside a little bit. He's a bad defender, not like minus defender. He's a bad defender. <laughs> I mean, he could be better later. I mean, it's really, it's really difficult to evaluate whether or not someone is bad at defense when the entire purpose of your organization at this point is to lose every game. <laughs> yeah. Which is the purpose of the Phoenix Suns basketball team right now. Yeah. Yeah. So. But to only average 14 points per game on, like, a team where you literally have a never-ending green light to shoot. Yeah. Is ridiculous. Like, paying this guy $12.5 million can kind of defeats the point of tanking. <laughs> because he's not good. He's not going to be long-term if you're expecting to have a winning team. He can't be your eighth best guy on a good team. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I mean, he's a restricted free agent. He's not uh, He's not that well-known in the league. Like, why not, just test, why not just test the market on him? Maybe you could get him for something cheaper. This reminds me of the Ron Baker Knicks contract. <laughs> like, you lock up your guy, and it's like, everyone else is like, we didn't want him. <laughs> yeah. You didn't need to give him $50 million. On the open market, he wasn't going to get 25 Yeah. I'd rather have Jonathan Simmons than TJ Warren. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> I mean, really. Like, I'm not even joking. Jonathan Simmons can chuck a little bit of three, right? Yeah, he's He can right. play defense. Yeah, he can. Yeah, yeah, he can. Much more valuable than TJ Warren scoring you 14 points on mid-range pull-ups and fadeaways. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, you're, you're great on it. F. I think it's a terrible deal. Oh my god. Okay, well I'm not going to go that hard since I don't know much about him. I'll, I'll, get, I'll give it a C-, minus, I guess. 50 million. <laughs> okay, so moving on now to just a quick round of injuries. <clears throat> Rayton Rondo out four to six weeks with hernia surgery. Something that might end up being good 
for the Pelicans. Because... Yeah, we'll talk about that when we get to playoff seating talk, but I don't know if this is the end of the world for the Pelicans. Yeah, I mean, it's Rajon Rondo. He's not a good defender anymore. He still ha- can't shoot. What's, yeah. what, what, what is the loss here? Like, the only reason Rondo even got signed is because he was briefly good at the end of the season for Chicago when no one was trying hard in the East, <laughs> and then he was good in two playoff games and then got injured. Yeah, so. And now he's injured again. Yeah, yeah, so, I, I, yeah, I, I, I don't get it. I just... And a hernia is not usually a big thing for an NBA player, but when you're an NBA player with a, a long history of lower body injuries, I think it's concerning that, like, you have this auxiliary injury that could easily be re-aggravated. Concerning for him. I don't know about the Pelicans. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm sure it's very unpleasant for Rondo. Let's see. Okay, so, and then after that, we got Nicholas Batum. Out eight to twelve weeks with a torn elbow ligament. That is really, really awful for the Hornets. Ouch. <laughs> yeah. Think about that for a second, though. They need Batum. Like he's their second best ball handler behind Kemba Walker. Like. Yeah. Uh, I actually forgot about this injury when I did my playoff seedings. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like who? Like in the times that Kemba Walker is playing off the ball or is on the bench, who's handling the ball for Cody, that? Cody Zeller. Cody Seller, <laughs> like I don't, I don't, Malik Monk. Uh, uh, I I think that you're gonna get a heavy dose of Malik Monk. I hope you're good, young man. Yeah, I mean, uh, I picked Marvin him up. Williams? <laughs> Marvin Williams. I picked up Malik Monk in the fantasy league after I heard this news. So hopefully oh. it pays off. Did you have Batum? Uh, no, <laughs> I, almost, I almost overpaid for Batum in our fantasy draft, and I'm really glad that I didn't. At the time, I was like, he always gets injured, and so I feel super validated right now. I think Miguel has him, and he offered me Batum for Isaiah Thomas. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I also picked up Isaiah Thomas on the cheap in the end of draft. Yeah, he's gonna stay cheap because he's not gonna play until like March. <laughs> so he'll come back right around the time when your season doesn't matter. <laughs> Okay, so uh, after that we got Dante Exum, who might miss the whole season with a shoulder injury that has not been specified yet. Is this his third season-ending injury? I think his second. He missed all of last year, I think. And the year before that, too. Did he? I I don't think that he's played very many games at all. He got drafted the same year as Embiid. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, he's a really... Yeah, he hasn't been able to play that much. Let me see. Oh, no, he missed... Oh, wow, that, that's weird. Okay, so he played all of his rookie year, yeah. didn't play at all in the 16 season, and then played 66 games last year. He played in 66 games last year? Yeah. Holy shit. I mean, he also is kind of a forgettable player, too. He's just like... Did he play well? Uh, what, six points, two rebounds, two assists, and 18 <laughs> minutes? No. <laughs> He's still very much, like, it sucks for him because, like, they drafted him knowing that he's, like, the prototypical project point guard player. Yeah. But he just hasn't been able to play that much, so he's still just, like, potential. People still don't know what kind of player he's going to be. And then apparently he hurt his shoulder last week, like, on a drive. I forget who they're playing, but they he injured himself on a drive to the basket. He just, like, uh, hit, like... Collided into someone else by his shoulder, and now he might miss the year. Apparently, apparently he's weighing his options outside of surgery, so that doesn't have to happen. But like, shit, man. Um, so I want to play like a little "Who Would You Rather" right now. Okay. So I think that he also got drafted the same year as Moutier, if I'm not mistaken. Moutier might have come the year after that, but Moutier has played a lot and he's played badly. So would you rather have a guy who's not injured but isn't good? Like we know that Moutier is not good. 
Or would you rather have the guy who's injured all the time and might still have like a kernel of a hope of being a good NBA player? That's really hard. Because <clears throat> Moutier can play, but we're not entirely sure if he's good. He can play, but you don't want him to. <laughs> yeah, Dante might be good, but he doesn't play. And the fact that he played 66 games last year and we didn't even remember it, and he had six points per game and two rebounds and two assists. That's, like, worse than replacement player He's, point, backup point guard stats. I mean, he is a really good defender. He's, like, basic. At this point in his career, he's basically, like, the Tony Allen of point guards. Okay. So he can't really do much else at all besides defend. But people thought that he could be more than that, which is why they needed him to play. But then this happens. So... And he was in the same draft. He was in the Wiggins draft, the MB draft. I think that that gives me additional pause. If his main elite skill, elite, he's so elite. If he has an elite skill, it's defending, and he's apparently made of glass. And so yeah. you can't be a tough, hard-nosed defender like Tony Allen, and also be very injury prone. Those yeah. two things don't go together. Yeah. So, I mean, that really sucks for Utah too, because after losing Hayward, they needed other players to step up, and now oh, their backup point guard is Raul Neto. That's who, not good. <laughs> yeah, who's okay, but not someone you want as your backup point guard on a team trying to make the playoffs? Yeah. Okay. So, last one. Uh, <laughs> unfortunately, Spurs news, Kawhi Leonard is expected to miss, is, is going to miss the opening night game Wednesday against the Wolves with this quad injury that he's still rehabbing. Um, I mean, it is, I mean, it does suck to hear that he's not going to be there for opening night. I don't really know what else to think beyond that because they haven't come out and said if he's going to miss a, a few games, a few weeks, I don't know. All the news has always been that he's just going to miss the preseason and now he's missing the first game. I don't know if that was just, if that's a sign of caution or bad news ahead, or maybe they just, they just didn't estimate correctly how long he would be out and it would just be like a little bit longer than the projection of just missing the preseason i don't know but um yeah Kawhi Leonard out the first game so this is concerning to me because i mentioned on our last episode when we were talking about the spurs that these kinds of like long-term like hard to go away injuries really concern me because they just Sometimes they just don't heal right, and this is one of those injuries, and now they've adjusted the timetable. And aren't the Spurs, like, notoriously uh, cloak-and-dagger-ish about injury news? Yeah, I mean, they're, us- they're usually straightforward, and if any, if anything, they I'm kind of surprised that he's missing the game, because if anything, they overestimate how much time a player is going to be out. Usually people come back on time or early. They never miss additional time. Is that, like... Isn't that concerning then for you? Um, I mean, yeah, it's weird. I don't know. I mean, it's hard to say concerning because it's still just the opening night game. If they come out and say that, like, I mean, I don't know what it'll take for it to be like a legitimately concerning injury. Because if it's if it's just one game, then whatever. And even if they say it's just going to be the first week, whatever. And then I don't know. Maybe if they say he's going to be out for a month, then like, okay, what's going on here? But I mean, at this point, I'm just taking what they're putting out there, which is that he's just going to miss the opening night game. And, I, yeah, I don't – I mean, it sucks for – I'm not going to be able to see him play on Wednesday, but, 
I mean, whatever, as long as it doesn't hurt in the long run. And I mean, the and again, like I said last week, the Spurs don't risk player injury. They're going to put him back out there whenever he's good to go. So I'm not that concerned about it still. Okay, do you think that the Spurs can beat the Wolves on opening night without him? Yeah, I mean, I mean, one, the Wolves probably are going to need time to gel. They added a lot of pieces. And also, Rudy Gay and Kyle Anderson have actually been playing pretty well <coughs> in the preseason so far. Rudy Gay is uh, like averaging like 12 points and shooting 50% on threes. Wow. And he's... He's looking good. He's, I mean, they're, they're not going to, obviously, they're not going to rely on him to be like Kawhi Leonard. I mean, Aldridge gets his wish for one game of being the guy. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I mean, it's just one game, and I mean, I think they could still beat the Wolves. And I mean, it's game one, so whatever. I mean, g- game one last year, they beat the Warriors by 30, and then look what happened. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, we have one other little bit. I. Do we want to go with the Rockets stuff and the Cavs stuff and then talk about playoff stuff? Uh, yeah, sure. Okay, so the Cavs thing, we want to be quick. We, we talk too much about the Cavs and, like, who gives <laughs> a shit until the finals about the Cavs. But Smith and Thompson, J.R. Smith and Tristan Thompson, are upset that they're not going to be starting, as you can probably imagine, because they've both been starting for a long time. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, so... I, I, the starting lineup again is what Derek Rose, Dwayne yeah. Wade, <laughs> LeBron James, uh, Jay Crowder, and Kevin Love, and then they also traded away Richard Jefferson and Kay Felder. Did you yeah, see that? I saw that. What was that a salary dump? It was. It was just a salary dump, and like oh, also yeah. Richard like, Jefferson has been good for them. Yeah, he, like, he's played real important minutes in playoff games for them. I don't understand that. Yeah, he was actually good for. That. He was better in Cleveland than he was with the Spurs like Maybe ten they, years ago. <laughs> they didn't like his podcast with Channing Frye, <laughs> <laughs> which is really hurtful. <laughs> Who knows what they would do to us if we played for Cleveland? <laughs> I don't think we would start, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, so... Um, I yeah. hate the decision to start Dwayne Wade and Derrick Rose together. I think it's very, very stupid. Yeah, it's awful. Me and Will were just talking before recording that you, they both are not good three-point shooters. And so every, every team should have maximum one starting non-three-point shooter. And, like, I mean, I could understand Smith, uh, J.R. Smith's um, being upset about this because, like... He's the perfect guy to have in your starting lineup. Just bench either Derrick Rose or Dwayne Wade and put J.R. Smith in their place. And he's and he's the two guard who can just park it out of the three-point line and stretch the defense and can just yeah. chuck it whenever the defense is paying more attention to LeBron and Love. Just like, so, That's exactly how offenses should operate, and now they're just <laughs> taking that away. Like, J.R. Smith doesn't have as much value coming off the bench. And instead of starting a, a three-point shooter who can stretch the defense, the, the Cavs are going to start two guys who can't shoot threes, but also at this point in their careers can't get to the rim reliably anymore. Yeah. like And, like, Kevin Love, where is he going to be on the court? And that's, that's the ironic... And where is Jay Crowder going to be? How are they going to... They're not going to be clearing space for these guys to get to the rim. That's the ironic <laughs> thing about it. They need... Rose and Wade need space to get to the rim, and they just took that away by benching J.R. Smith. And, like... If you're going to start Jay Crowder at, I guess, power forward, we all know LeBron is going to be playing power forward, just for the record. But <laughs> if you're going to start him there, like, where is he going to be on the court? Is he just going to hide behind the three-point line and just wait for open threes? There aren't going to be any open threes. Yeah, <laughs> like, was it Ke- Kevin Love 
the like the only like the only good three. I mean, LeBron is pretty decent at shooting threes, but the only good three point shooters are Jay Crowder and Kevin Love. And I don't think Crowder is even that great. I think Kevin Love is their only like great three point shooter. Like that. And I think Kevin Love didn't. He didn't shoot forty percent last year. Uh, I don't know, but I mean, with Kevin Love, I mean, you want him. I mean, as as great of a shooter he is, like you want him around the paint. Like he's a really good rebounder and post player. Yeah, and I mean his rebounds have declined because he's always stretched out to the three point line, uh, and this team is gonna need rebounding. Yeah, last year he shot thirty seven percent from three, that, which is not that good, especially yeah. considering the volume he shot it at. Yeah, which I mean, it, I mean it's good, but not at the level of like being the best shooter in the starting lineup of a team yeah. wanting to win the title. So <laughs> when you couch it in those terms, it's a bad three point percentage considering. Uh, Golden State's going to have five guys, probably, who shoot a higher percentage than that. <laughs> Do you think Tristan Thompson has any say in this? No, I don't think that Tristan Thompson is particularly good. I think he's one of the most overpaid players in the NBA, and I thought that he was terrible in the finals. So I think Tristan Thompson has no beef, no legs to stand on, and that he should just shut the fuck up. I mean, I feel like the only reason he has his contract now is because LeBron James was being passive-aggressive via Instagram to the team. I'm just saying, like, just sign the guy. And that deal is, like, uh, Ryan Anderson levels of unmovable. No one wants that contract. They're not getting off of that money. Yeah, yeah. The only way... I mean, this is not going to happen, but the only way that they can move him is if they attach that Brooklyn pick with him. Yeah, and they're not going to do that. Yeah. Yeah. They know that LeBron is going to leave, and they need to draft someone with that pick. Yeah, so that I mean, that, I mean, I think that is a good move to, to bench Tristan Thompson <laughs> yeah. in favor of Jay Crowder. I mean, I don't have any problem with that. Let's see. I'm looking up their death chart now. So their so their second rotation is going to be Jose Calderon. Yeah. I mean, until Isaiah Thomas comes back. Isaiah Thomas should be the starter and Derrick Rose the backup, but until then, Jose Calderon, J.R. Smith, Kyle Korver, Tristan Thompson, and Shanning Fry. They're going to play a lot of defense with three of the worst defensive players in the league on the, in the lineup at the same time. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's, that's, that's not that great. They could really... I, I don't know who... You need someone to come off the bench who's like, going to be the energy spark who I guess I could be J.R. Smith but you typically want that to be a guy who can also run an offense which is I think why they should have benched either Wade or Rose because yeah. like these other guys these are guys who can only stand around and wait for their shot I mean I mean Jose Calderon I guess <laughs> but like it's Jose Calderon and I think at this point in his career it would be silly to call J.R. Smith even a feast or famine kind of player I think he's like a famine or mildly well-balanced meal kind of player (laughs) if he feasts air quotes i think he gets you like 18 points yeah he has routine nights where he finishes with seven or eight points in a game yeah yeah and that's i mean it's just gonna get worse whenever he's not in the lineup he needs to be in the starting lineup to be effective i think that they're just gonna stagger the minutes to where wade or lebron is on the court at all times yeah i mean that would make sense they can't go straight five for five swap because that that cantankerous lineup right there is getting fucking dumpstered by every team in the week. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. So, now, getting to playoff news. Oh, I thought we were going to do Rockets. Oh, yeah, Rockets. Okay. <laughs> All right, go ahead. Um, the Rockets finished 4-1 and in the preseason. RIP, perfect preseason. They lost <laughs> to the Spurs somehow without Kawhi Leonard, which uh, uh, would be familiar. troubling <laughs> if it wasn't a preseason game. <laughs> no Kawhi Leonard. it was still troubling to me. <laughs> I didn't watch uh, John and I's barber went to the game. 
Oh, yeah. yeah. Yesterday morning, I went to get my hair cut, and unbeknownst to me, the time slot right before me at the barber shop, Mike Fresh Spencer's our barber, look him up, was cutting John's hair. <laughs> yeah, I mean, And he went 15 minutes over into my time, so that kind of annoyed me. <laughs> he told a really funny story about how he used to cut, that there was this one time he cut old Rockets player Reese Gaines's hair. He drew. He drove out to Clear Lake to cut his hair, <laughs> yeah. and he only gave him ten dollars. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that hurt my sinus infected throat. Yeah, I was like, um, God anyway. damn, Reese Gaines. Yeah, the money, Reese Gaines. What's up with that? <laughs> Go get your haircut by Mike at Bayou City Barbershop. Please sponsor us. <laughs> He's legit. Um, so the aside from basketball stuff, the Rockets look good basketball wise in the preseason. Yeah. Um, the Harden and Paul thing looks like it's going to be fine. Eric Gordon is going to start the season off in A1 chucking, beautiful, hot area. I hope that it extends to Tuesday night against the Warriors, but it probably won't. We'll probably lose by 45 points. <laughs> I mean, everybody, I think I think that's just going to be the policy throughout the whole year. Everyone's going to have the green light. I mean, again, Luke and Bahamute shooting threes. <laughs> I'm curious how many other threes he shot in the preseason after that, but... I mean, I don't want you to look it up. Please don't look up preseason stats. Or you, you can look that up while we get to our, our juicy bit here. Yeah, go ahead. So, a couple days ago, probably about a week now, Kevin McHale, former Rockets coach, who was famously fired after signing a contract extension, yeah, came out and said that James Harden wasn't a very good leader. Okay? Yeah. Which, aside from the troubling dog whistly. Bullshit that usually goes along with an old white guy calling a young black guy saying he doesn't have good leadership qualities. It it just seemed like an unnecessary thing. Like there's lots of qualms to have with Harden. I, I'll, hold on, before I let you continue, let, I'll just I'll just read off. I mean, he said a lot, but I'll just say the the main line. He said James can see all the passes and do everything, but James is not a leader. He tried being a leader last year. Tried doing all that stuff. I think Chris Paul is going to help him just kind of get back to just being able to hoop and play and stuff like that. And he also went on to say that he's not a leader because whenever he would try to say things, like give like team messages or like play better defense, everyone would just shake their heads and put their heads down and stuff. Um, so the troubling part about that first quote for me is that James can get back to just hooping and playing. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, don't think, don't think. You're not smart enough to think, James. <laughs> um, so Harden responded. He called Mikhail a clown. He went on like a, a t- like, which is weird because James Harden is traditionally a very reserved guy, especially in the media. But he like he fired back. He seemed very very pissed off. Yeah, yeah. Just straight up called him a clown. <laughs> and then uh, Mikhail stupidly once again got on TNT on NBA and once again had some comments. John's gonna read them for us. Let me see. Uh... Where is it? Yeah, he says, uh, I don't have the... (laughs) My page is still not loading, but he said basically that him calling me names doesn't change my opinion on him as a leader. He said, oh, here you go, quote, it's hard to have a lot of credibility if you don't play good defense. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so, I mean, I don't understand what he's trying to get at. I mean... I don't know if he's trying to be a coach again. I don't know if he just is on some kind is is on something and wants attention focused on him. But I mean, he's got a good gig as a TV analyst, so. and he's good at that. Or he used to be. I don't. 
I don't really understand this. And he went on to say a lot of things about how, like, Harden couldn't, like, go toe-to-toe with guys and get in their face. And he, like, ah, it's, it sounded like some dumb shit from, like, Sunday NFL Countdown. It didn't sound like basketball analysis. And, I mean, not only that, but that doesn't necessarily describe Chris Paul either. Chris Paul is a much better distributor, just, like, has much better court vision. And he's a nag. But he's a he's a classic nagging personality. Yeah, he nags. <laughs> he he doesn't motivate you. He nags you into doing something so you can say, "Okay, I'll do this if it'll get you to shut the fuck up." Yeah, it's not like Chris Paul's like up in people's faces. And the comparison that Mikhail goes with is Draymond Green. It's like, oh, you want you want James Harden to be a leader like Draymond Green, the guy who lost his team the finals because he kicked someone in the balls. Yeah, the, yeah, he could be a leader like that and get himself suspended for an elimination game in the finals. Yeah, there is no one like Draymond Green, and that's probably a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> or, you know, going in, getting in bar fights and Snapchatting pictures of your dicks. Great leader there. He is. Yeah, yeah. It's so. such a dumb comparison. And I I think Mikhail is just, like, he's hopping on the, like, shit on Harden narrative, which has been going on at the major media networks what? for a couple of years. And I don't understand it. I guess it's because of the defense. Which, which is weird because, like, he was so much better last year. Like, I mean, like... I guess it could be understood back whenever Dwight Howard was there, and that obviously just wasn't, like, a good team chemistry-wise. And, like, it was just... We we were just waiting for that team construct to expire. And, like, now with D'Antoni as the coach and him being able to unlock uh, other skills James Harden has, like, he's a much... at, At this point, I don't even think it matters if he never improves on defense. He's just so much better of an offensive player he just like just like expanded his point guard skills (coughs) as well as you could expect anyone to so i don't really understand it at all especially when guys in the nba like dirk Nowitzki and steve nash have existed who guys who never ever have played good defense but james harden is at that level offensively to where he's unlocked the game enough that it it doesn't matter like you said it doesn't matter if james harden is never a good defender yeah like will the rockets necessarily win the championship i don't know like a lot of things will have to break their way for it to happen but that's true of almost every team yeah you have you james harden's on your team you have at the very worst a top three offensive player in the league you should be able to make up your roster in other areas with defense to make up for that like that that that's just the way it goes. People just like to shit on James Harden because of the the hilarious vining of like him like missing screens and like just <laughs> yeah. not not closing out and giving up easy rebounds. Yeah. And like, okay, that stuff is really easy to point out, but when you're playing thirty eight minutes a game and every single possession runs through you and you're getting beat and battered the entire game, I'm sorry if you don't give pristine effort on a game that you win by 18 points anyway (laughs) (laughs) yeah and who knows maybe chris paul there with his nagging leadership will get him to play better defense who knows um okay so okay one bit of news before our playoff seating predictions um adam silver had a comment about how the nba was going to consider playoff reseeding and that seating would be straight up one through 16 by record yeah that well what what did you think continue um is it still eight teams per conference the way that he was talking about it he didn't specify that which made people think he was going straight up across the league one through 16 
I don't like that. I would prefer it to be eight and eight, and then you get those teams together and rank it one through sixteen. I think it should be like the All Star thing, and it should be the same number of representatives from both conferences. Yeah, that sucks for number nine and ten in the West, but yeah, because I mean, you can't just have two or three Eastern Conference teams. That would be hilarious. <laughs> yeah, not only that, but if you do that, you're doing you're doing that for teams like the Pelicans and. Yeah who else like the jazz and the mavericks yeah. like i mean I, I i i don't think i mean not necessarily that but i don't think to myself what's wrong with the playoffs is that i don't i don't see teams like I that i don't get to see the 39 win mavs yeah <laughs> no, I, I don't give a fuck yeah don't revamp the playoff system for that i would rather it be straight up one through six straight up one through 16 but eight and eight because i would rather because like it, it's just it's just boring <laughs> Whenever yeah. you have, like, the Warriors, who are still going to stomp whoever's number eight, but at least it's a decent team, like the Clippers. Or number 16. No, no, but, like, in the current system, yeah. like, it would be, like, the Clippers or the Jazz or something like that. I would st- much rather see the Warriors stomp the 76ers <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> in it, a one versus 16 matchup. It, it, it just feels unfair that, that a team like the, like, the, like the Clippers or Blazers or something like that is going to get stomped in the first round by the Warriors. Meanwhile... The Sixers or the Hornets or Pistons will 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 make it in and then play the Celtics, who I they think, could probably get a game out of or something. I think that if they did one through sixteen, eight teams from each conference, and they went the first round series back to five games, that would be the perfect scenario. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I I doubt that they'll ever get it back to five games because of just the loss of revenue. But yeah. I just. I, I, I like everything else about that. I want it to be 8-8, eight and eight, but lump them all together, 1-16, through 16, for playoff seeding goes. And then the long-term dream that I've always had is the Bill Simmons idea to where the 8th seed from each conference is decided by a tournament from the teams 8-16. Eight, oh eight to 16. That it was would be so, so cool, though. <laughs> that was so extra. Like, what 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 is the point of that? Like, you're fi- would, okay, you're fighting so, your, a whole tournament to figure out who gets swept in the first round. Yeah, like, yeah, <laughs> but but it it could dissuade teams from tanking. How? I don't know. <laughs> they would tank in the tournament. <laughs> You're like, no, I don't want to get swept. Like, I would rather just like get a high pick than play four meaningless games. You like you win. <laughs> I don't know. I think that some teams would rather have the seven or eight million dollars that they get from playing those four games. Yeah, I mean the teams finishing like ninth and maybe tenth, but like yeah. beyond that, like no. <laughs> all right, all right. I like that idea. Anyway, I think the playoff reseeding would be great. People have been talking about this for like fifteen years. Yeah, yeah. I it's mean, just it's so stupid that the West has to cannibalize itself, and then LeBron just gets to walk to his eighth straight finals. It'll be this year if he goes to the finals again. It'll be eight in a row. Yeah. <laughs> that does not seem like a fair thing. LeBron should have to play, like, based on last season's results, who finished uh, fourth overall? Fourth, like, in the whole league yeah. last year? Um, let's see, it was first the Warriors. Oh, it was the Cavs. Was it the Cavs? Cavs are either fourth or fifth. So, yeah. based yeah. on last year's standings, the, uh, the Cavs would have had to play the Rockets in the uh, second round. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it would just be so much more fun. There would be, like, so much more competition. Like, It would ev- be way more exciting than watching the Wizards get chucked by the Cavs again. Like, you just have to make the playoffs mean more. Like, it's just not fair that the Eastern Conference doesn't matter until the Conference Finals. Yeah. Meanwhile, every series in the West is just a total gauntlet. So, 
now we're going to get to our playoff seating predictions. John has not seen mine. I made them in a private Google Doc. Yeah, I mean, so did I. <laughs> okay, so um, let's just go. Let's just go. Um, let's see. How do you want to do this? One by one? Top four of each conference? Let's do top four of each conference. Okay, where do you want to start? Uh, let's start out east. Okay. <laughs> you can the, go first. With the East, I got one Celtics, two Cavs, three Wizards, four Raptors. Okay. So we have all the same four teams, okay. but in very different order. Okay. What do you got? Uh, the one seed, I think, <laughs> I'm going to get yelled at. <laughs> and before I even say it, I just want to get my justifications out there. Okay. The one seed the past three years in the Eastern Conference has not been who we expected it to be. I just want to lay it. It was the Hawks. Then it was the Raptors, right? And then it was the Celtics. I don't, I don't think the Raptors were ever a one seed. I think it was Hawks and Cavs. Okay, and so the Cavs did win it two years ago? I think so. Okay, so two out of the last three years, it was not a team we expected to finish first. Okay. So I think there's a precedent for saying that the Washington Wizards are going to get the one seed in the Eastern Conference. <laughs> okay. Why do I say this? Okay, the Cavs and Celtics have experienced a ton of changes over the summer. Like, a ton. Uh-huh. And Isaiah Thomas is injured, and I think that significantly hurts the Cavs. Uh -huh. The Celtics have, like, six dudes who we know can play basketball on their team. Yeah. And that's very concerning to me. And the Raptors are a year older and not any better. Yeah. And the Wizards kept largely the same team. Bradley Beal had a breakout season last year, and John Wall is probably the second best player in the Eastern Conference. <laughs> okay, where is their depth, though? They don't have a lot of that, <laughs> but I believe in Kelly Oubre Jr. <laughs> <laughs> Kelly Oubre. God damn it. Okay. Um, I think that Otto Porter and John Wall and Beal and Morris and, um, oh God, what's his name? Gortat. Gortat. I was like, Markich? No, Marcin <laughs> Gortat. Yeah. I think that they're a good enough starting five and that hopefully they can stagger minutes enough that that won't really matter. It, I could see where you're going with that but that really depends the the one thing that i think they have going for them is chemistry yeah. they kept most of the team together they they pretty much know they they, they know how it goes auto porter should be better kelly Oubre <sighs> should be better and with the Cavs, they're still working in new pieces and they don't have isaiah thomas the celtics basically changed their entire roster yeah and the raptors they kept most of the team together, but the few pieces that they lost were pretty important. And they kept most of the team together that underperformed significantly yeah. down the stretch again. And they kept the coach who significantly underperformed again. Yeah, so the Raptors, um, yeah. And is this the second or third year of Scotty Brooks in Washington? This is the, what, uh, I think it's the second, right? th This is going to be the third year. Wait, no. This is going to be the second year. Yeah, yeah. So I think that they're all, they were really good last season, and they... They should have did. They should have done better in the playoffs last year. They barely lost to the Celtics, and they're going to get a Scotty Brooks second year bump. I mean, he, I mean, he's. I don't know how good he is at like leading a team to a title because they couldn't ever get it done in OKC. But he's always been a really good developer. Yeah, yeah, and he's got young guys there to develop. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I could see that. I mean, I don't. I wish they had like two or three other players, but I, I don't. I don't agree with that, but, I mean, the Wizards aren't going to be that far behind. I think they'll finish, like, I have them finishing behind the Celtics and Cavs, like, maybe, like, 
three, four games behind the first, and I could easily see like a stretch in this season where the Wizards are hot and they're not, and that it turns out that they get the one seed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's not crazy, right? <laughs> yeah, no, no, it's not. There's enough turmoil with the Celtics and Cavs that I don't think it's like a stretch. I just I can see them sneaking in there like the Hawks. Yeah, not quite smoking hot, but <laughs> but it's hot enough to where like you you forgot the food was in the oven for like ten minutes. <laughs> it's nice and crispy and brown, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If you're making your Red Baron pizza and it doesn't look a little burned, I don't know who your mom is. She wants to mind, though. <laughs> okay, um, let's see. Okay, so I guess let's just do the second half of the East. All right. Yeah, I got... Okay, yeah, yeah. So, so this should be fun. I hope it's not It's. I hope it's not the same as mine. Okay. I got five Heat, six Bucks, seven Pistons, eight Sixers. They got some differences. <laughs> okay. All right. So for five, I have the Bucks. Okay. Um, you had Heat five, right? Yeah. I just don't see that. Um, six, I have the Hornets. Okay. But I understand that Batum is going to miss a lot. I still think that the line... Because unlike a lot of these teams in the East, they do have a little bit of depth. Yeah. And I think that Malik Monk is good. Like, he went to Kentucky. Almost all of those guys are good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and they're almost always good right away. That You can count on them to be average. <laughs> you can count on a Kentucky first-round pick to at least play average basketball right out of college. Yeah. Even Willie Colley-Stein was fine right out of college. Yeah. Yeah. Um... Then I have Heat, 7. Okay. I just don't, like, Dragic, people are predicting great things from Dragic, and I hope so, he's on a fantasy team. But he had a really, really good year last year, and he's never had two good years in a row. Yeah. Never in his career has he been good twice in a row. He's like a narrative recapture. He loses <laughs> the narrative every other year. People are like, oh, Gora Dragic is washed. But this summer, Slovenia did win uh, Eurobasket, and he was a very large part of that. So maybe... Maybe he's tired from that. <laughs> and then eighth, I have the the Sixers because like you have the Pistons in and I don't, and I just don't. I don't think Stan Van Gundy is very good anymore. I okay. So my justification, I'm, I'll, I'll get to the Heat last because a part of it too is a prediction that I have, which is unrelated to these seedings. But okay, I, okay. so six bucks. Um, I mean, they're bringing back the same team. They didn't really do anything at all over the off season. Yeah. And I think this is less about the Bucks being worse than it is about the other teams getting a lot better. Um, they are adding Jabari Parker. Yeah, hopefully he can be healthy. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And then uh, the Pistons, uh, I think they finally get in. Um, I think, I, I don't know how good Contavious Caldwell-Pope will be in his prime, but I think at, at this at this moment in time, I think Bradley, Avery Bradley, is better than Contavious Caldwell Pope, and it'll be a slight upgrade. Uh-huh. It'll give him like two, three wins more. And then, um, like, I just, I feel like he can be the guy who, like, he, he's just, I think he could just be a really, really good glue guy who can make things a little bit easier for Reggie Jackson, and he could find looks for Andre Drummond. Okay. And just, yeah. I can see that. I think, I think it'll just work, work enough to get a seventh seed. And then Sixers eighth because I just I I mean I just really like the I talent. just really want it to happen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, me too. I'm also just banking on Embiid to play more than 31 games this year. So, okay, but the Heat number five. This is going to be related to uh, my seedings in the West as well. Okay, I'm predicting a big trade. Big trade alert. Um, I think that. Um, 
I think the Heat will make a trade with the Pelicans. Oh, okay. Whiteside for Cousins. Okay, I can I, dig that. I think it's going to happen because I don't. <laughs> I, I think chemistry will be just off enough in New Orleans that they'll not want to bring back DeMarcus Cousins and will want to get value for him. Mm-hmm. And they could trade him for Whiteside, who's already locked up for a couple more years on his max. And, and he wants to play center, and Davis doesn't want to play center. And exactly, and then and then Cousins can go to the Heat, where they've managed to to whip Dion Waiters into shape, who had the best year of his career, and then got paid. And I think, I think Demarcus Cousins can can buy into that. I think that that's a great trade for both teams. Yeah, yeah. So I, I mean, I hope that that happens. Yeah. Okay. So, um, if that happens, I agree with you that the Heat are better. <laughs> okay, remind. Okay, tell me again. You're five through eight. Uh, Bucks, Hornets, Miami, and Philly. Okay, so we just had Hornets instead of Pistons. That's not yeah. so bad. Uh, yeah, with the Hornets, <laughs> I just think the Batum injury is just too much. I mean, I don't think they're going to fall off dramatically, but they'll probably finish like ninth. I think so. that they can tread water without Batum and be like right around five hundred. And I think that being around five hundred could get you to six. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely can. <laughs> so. I think it'll be like last season where there's like five or six teams competing for the last two spots. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so moving on now to the West. Uh, okay, G- give me your top four in the West. <sighs> uh, I'm pretty sure I know what it is, but... <laughs> it's Warriors, Rockets, Thunder, and Spurs. Okay, mine's Warriors, Rockets, Spurs, Thunder. Okay. I so. just... <laughs> yeah, so... You, you think the Spurs finish third because you're a homer. <laughs> <laughs> That's not true at all. They kept their team together, pretty much. Except just... for Jonathan Simmons and Dwayne Dedman, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Those guys, I mean, I'm glad that they got paid, but like they they didn't have that big of a role in the Spurs, especially. How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> Dedman was good. I really liked Dedman, but then he didn't end up playing that much in the playoffs. Jonathan Simmons was had it the other way. He was really good in the playoffs, but barely played in the regular season. Yeah. So I just... I'm I'm happy for them, but I think people overrate their their importance on the Spurs. So, and I mean the Thunder. I just I, I have them ahead of the Thunder. I don't know if they'll actually be better better than the Thunder by the time the playoffs start. But I just think they're going to finish ahead for chemistry and continuity's sake. I can see it because a lot of people are expressing the opinion, like Zach Lowe and other NBA reporters, that the Thunder are actually worse with Carmelo. Like they were much higher on yeah. the Thunder before they got Carmelo. And Carmelo was like this black hole of negativity. Yeah, I don't understand <laughs> that. Like, I mean, I, I mean, I, yeah, I guess I do understand it, but uh, I just don't think that he's really going to be willing to play power forward, and that he's really going to be willing to not shoot very much. And if you're I giving just, shots over to Anthony and you're taking them from Paul George, I think that that hurts your team. I. It's hard for me to believe that Carmelo was that toxic. I could, I could understand the toxicity of him in New York because New York was awful. They never had a good team around him, save for. The year of Linsanity. And and he hated Linsanity so much for taking the shine away from him that he essentially made them get rid of Jeremy Lane. Yeah, so, <laughs> I mean, I just... I mean, I guess I'm just buying too much into a Carmelo doing the right thing now that he's an OKC on an actually good team. I mean, I could... I mean, yeah, I mean, I guess it could happen that he keeps up the same behavior and attitude that got him a bad <sighs> reputation in New York and... I don't think Count Chocula is a very good coach either. <laughs> uh, Billy Donovan does look like a TV vampire. He looks like he belongs in a box. <laughs> He's a very, very small man. Okay, so, uh, I mean, all those true. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, 
Yeah, I guess so, but I mean, they're still. They're, I don't think they're going to finish any worse than fourth. I mean, given all of the issues that they may have, I think it's either third or fourth for them. I just think the Spurs will finish fourth because I think that there's a, a little bit of fire to this Kawhi missing the first game thing. I think that he's going to miss a month or two of the season altogether, not straight. I don't think he's going to miss like the yeah. first two months, but I think it's the kind of injury that he's going to aggravate multiple times throughout the season, and they're going to have to sit him for four or five game stretches here and there. Yeah, probably. <laughs> I mean, and I, I think I guess, that that's the smart course of action. And the Spurs are yeah. a smart team, so I don't know why they wouldn't do that. Yeah, and I mean, even if that were the case, I mean, by that point I could definitely see the, the Thunder finishing ahead of the Spurs. But even the Spurs are smart about knowing when to bench players like against teams that they know that they could beat without them. And also their system just really allows for that next man up mentality. Like they, they could easily, I mean, obviously they're not the same team without Kawhi, but for a night. It makes it look like Kawhi wasn't really all that much needed with uh, the filling in of Rudy Gay or Kyle Anderson and LaMarcus Aldridge taking more shots. Like, they could make it work for a night without Kawhi Leonard. So So my concern would be that, A, we haven't really seen a lot of the next men up that are going to be the next men up this year. Like DeJounte Murray and Rudy, new Rudy Gay with a repaired Achilles and (laughs) Tony Parker coming back from horrible injury. Yeah. And like, we haven't really seen, and Kyle Anderson, the enigma that is Kyle Anderson. (laughs) Yeah. We haven't really seen these specific guys in these specific roles do it. Yeah. So I'm going to have this stupid trepidation about the Spurs that people usually have and gets proven wrong. And I'm perfectly willing to eat crow whenever (laughs) it's necessary, but I'm just not willing to on its face accept that these guys can just automatically fill a role. And if it was one night that they had to do it, sure. But I just think it's going to be several nights that they're going to have to be. If Rudy Gay is Rudy Gay still, then yeah, I don't think it's a problem. Yeah. Okay. All right. And then five through eight, I have Wolves, Nuggets, Clippers, Pelicans. I have Wolves, Nuggets, Clippers, and then I have Pelicans, Trailblazers, and Grizzlies. God damn, we had it like almost all lined up correctly. (laughs) (laughs) I just, um, I think that if the boogie thing is even remotely successful this year, that the Pelicans are definitely the eight seed because they're definitely better than Portland and Memphis. But if it's not and they have to trade him, I think if they trade him for Hassan Whiteside, you can definitely put the Pelicans in the playoffs. Yeah. Because he much better fits that team. Yeah. Because he doesn't need to score other than dunking. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, I don't believe in Portland. I think that the Jufic, the Joseph Nurkic stuff was classic last 25 games of the season bullshit, and that that does not hold water. I mean, uh, <clears throat> I mean, not only that, but they they were another team who was just too capped out to make any real changes. Like yeah. they, I don't, I don't think they, they got rid any, of Alan Crabb. Yeah, I don't <laughs> think they did anything besides lose Alan Crabb, and they didn't get anything for him. They're still paying Evan Turner a lot of money. They're still paying Harkless a lot of money. Yeah. They still have to play those guys. They still have to have Alpha Ricamuno out there eating up space and not doing anything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then I feel bad for leaving the Jazz out of it, but... The Jazz weren't even in consideration for me. I don't know why people think that the Jazz are going to be good. <laughs> because they're as awful as they're going to be on offense, I think they're going to have one of the best defenses in the league. I think if their starting five was healthy, I agree with you. But Derek Favors and Ricky Rubio have never had an extended stretch of good health in their NBA careers. <laughs> yeah. And Rudy Gobert also has missed time in every season he's played. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What, <laughs> Why would that team suddenly be healthy? <laughs> that's it. Who, who was it? Rubio, Rodney Hood, 
Faber is Gobert. Who's their starting? Joe three? Johnson. Joe Johnson is their starting three guard. Okay, and he's thirty nine years old. <laughs> <laughs> so I just, for one, that team is not going to be able to score. Yeah, Rodney Hood is going to lead them in scoring, or thirty nine year old Joe Johnson is going to lead them in scoring. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> I think that there's a scenario where that can get you to forty or forty five wins if everyone is perfectly healthy, and that could put you in a dogfight for eighth. But I just don't see it. And that's the same thing for the Grizzlies. If Gasol and Conley, two guys who get injured a lot, are healthy the entire season, and Chandler Parsons can play, (laughs) then I think the Grizzlies have a shot at the eighth seed. But I don't know. I don't see it. The grit and grind thing is over. Yeah. I think that they should trade Marcus Gasol to the Houston Rockets. (laughs) (laughs) For Ryan Anderson as the first (laughs) one. I mean, who... Yeah, and who's starting for the Grizzlies? Conley, Gasol, Jermichael Green... Parsons, if he's healthy. Who's their two guard? Macklemore? Uh, Macklemore, or it's, it's actually a guy, I heard his name the other day, and I've never even heard of him. Who? I can't remember the guy's name because I hadn't heard of him. But it was not a known player. Let's see. Uh, what? Do they still have Troy Daniels? Yeah. Let me see. Okay, as we are looking up their depth chart to see who is going to be playing let's see because they lost Tony Allen let's see oh Wayne Selden there we go Wayne Selden <laughs> that's who it is I don't even know who the fuck that is yeah he's another <laughs> yeah he's another forgettable player who's gonna be starting ahead of Tyreek Evans and Ben McElmore I think that only Nomaly will be he the, will he beat the starter I think Tyreek Evans is probably gonna play a lot of minutes I hope so he's on my fantasy team he's my 13th man yeah he <laughs> needs to have a redemption year yeah, that guy's had a really weird NBA career. <laughs> yeah, he he was like one of the best combo guards in the league as a rookie, and then it just 25, went downhill. 25, 5, and 5 as a rookie. Yeah, and then it just all went downhill <laughs> from there. I don't understand it. I've never seen a career tank like that before. But It's not like he's been terrible his entire career. When the Pelicans lost to the Warriors the first year of Steve Kerr, yeah. they, he was good for them until yeah. he got injured. But he yeah. just keeps getting injured. Um, I think that he's not the starting two-guard because at this point, everyone has decided that Tyreek Evans is a point guard. So he's probably yeah. their backup point guard. Which is good for him. He's going he's gonna to be the, the second yeah. unit guy. Yeah, which is needed because their backup point guards are not ready yet. Yeah, so I, th- I can see any of those three, three teams doing it. I can't see the Jazz in. I'm sorry, I just don't. In, in 2017, you have to be able to score more than 91 points a game to make the playoffs in the, East, in the Western Conference. Yeah, yeah. If the Jazz were in the East, I'd put them in like the sixth seed. Yeah, yeah. They're they're kind they're kind of like the new grit and grind. Like they're depending on winning ugly games. And if they can do it, more power to them. Those will be the Rockets games where I don't tune in. <laughs> <laughs> I think the Jazz for me, along with the Suns, are probably going to be near the bottom of. Let's see. Wait, you said Jazz and Suns? Yeah, just okay. teams that I just don't give a fuck about watching. The Suns yeah. because none of their games are going to matter. Nope. Like, you might tune in to watch Devin Booker try to break Kobe's second-place record. Yeah, I'm only going to watch I'm only gonna watch them if people are tweeting that Devin Booker has, like, 50 points. If he like has 40 points. in the first half, then I'll watch the second half of the game. Yeah, yeah. But in the Jazz, like, is it the playoffs? No? Then I'm not watching the Jazz play basketball yeah, game. No. Okay. All right, so, I mean, we had five Wolves, which just makes sense because they had potential, and then they went and added three... Added one all-star and two other solid veterans. Jimmy yeah. Butler, then Taj Gibson, and Jeff T. If everyone is healthy for the Clippers, I think that they're probably fifth. But 
Clippers fit? Yeah, I just don't I don't see a season where Gallinari and Beverly and Blake Griffin can get through it healthy. <laughs> I mean, but, I mean, I I had looked it up before the podcast started just to make sure, but Griffin is playing again. Yeah, yeah, yeah I know. They're all currently playing. Yeah. <laughs> if I, it I stays just, that way, I think that that's a really good basketball game. I think I, the people are selling them short. I, I feel like there's just a really odd distribution of talent on there that is. team because, I mean, your, your three best players are Blake Griffin, DeAndre Jordan, and Danilo Gallinari. And they're all... All three of those guys can play on the court at the same time, though. I maybe not on defense. <laughs> they can, but I Gallinari. I think is just. I mean, they can get by with it, but Danilo Gallinari's best position is at the four. That is I, true because he's not. I mean, he's not a terrible defender, but he's best at defending other power forwards. Yeah, and Griffin isn't staying with any small forwards. No, not at, at this all. point in his career. <laughs> yeah, and then with their point, their point guard situation, Beverly is just like best of both worlds. Beverly, one of the best defenders in the league, who will be backed up by Milos Teodosic, who's one of the best <laughs> offensive players in the league, who's just as terrible on defense. Yeah. And then they got Austin Rivers and Lou Williams. I just think that their second unit against a lot of the teams in the West is going to eat, because there's not a lot of depth. Yeah. Like, Lou Williams and Patrick Beverly teaming up on a second unit with, like, some funky lineups and, like, some Gallinari left over. Yeah. I just feel like they're going to score a lot of points. Yeah. What about, if they can stay healthy. What about Austin Rivers? <laughs> I don't ever know if Austin Rivers is good at basketball. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I mentioned earlier about Milos Teodosic. I feel like I said best offensive players in the league. He's, you did say that. He's one of the best passers distributors in the league already, I think. But Yeah. yeah. I mean, he's made some crazy highlights in the preseason. Yeah. Yeah. And then six Nuggets, which I think is just natural progression because they have a lot of young talent, plus Paul Millsap. I just, Will Barton, Gary Harris, and Wilson Chandler are perpetually on the injury list. Yeah, I just... So until those guys put together a decent stretch of time where they're not injured, especially Wilson Chandler, I don't believe that he can stay healthy. Yeah. He's a perfectly fine NBA starter when he is healthy. Yeah, he's good. But, like, it's been, like, five years where he's been on and off healthy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he's been good enough when he's playing to continue getting paid and not get traded, but he's almost never healthy. And then Will Barton's the exact same thing. Will Barton's, like, a fucking feast or famine guy, like a, a trick-or-treat Tony Allen kind of guy. Yeah. One night he's good, the next night he's, like, unplayable garbage. Yeah, and also... Uh, fantasy shout out. I'm banking really hard on Jamal Murray. Oh, uh, aren't you? I, I like Jamal Murray. I think he is going to be a good player in the league. I, I can't I can't picture anything specific about him. But he, they still have Jameer Nelson, and I think that if Jamal Murray's not good, John's fantasy team aside, <laughs> I think the Nuggets will be fine because Jameer Nelson is like 58 years old, and he can run the point until he's literally in a wheelchair. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> he can wheel around, chucking threes and running the point. He's just never going to go away. <laughs> I can't imagine a league without Jameer Nelson anymore. <laughs> I remember when he was on the St. Joe's team with Delonte West. Oh, yeah. It was yeah. in the NCAA tournament, and they made it deep. Yeah. And that was like almost 20 years ago. Yeah, that was like, what, 2004, I think? It was a very long time. Yeah, yeah, and then uh, seven. Uh, what you had Clippers seven, right? I had Clippers seven. Yeah, so but I can we, see them as high as five. Yeah, we already said that. And then eight Pelicans. I think that if they 
I think they're mostly going to be fighting with Utah for the spot, and I think if they make that trade that I said earlier, they they will be the eighth seed. And the Pellies. Yeah, yeah. I, I think, think that I, they can get it without the trade. Yeah, but it I has think to work out. Yeah, I think Rondo being out is a good thing. Oh yeah, yeah. we didn't get to the Rondo thing. Yeah, because <laughs> even though they don't have much depth either, I just think that it's a good thing that Rondo will be gone because I just I I just I just don't trust him. <sighs> yeah, he's just I don't think he's good at basketball anymore. He was good for like the final ten games of the regular season, and then he was good in the two games in the playoffs before he broke his hand or wrist or whatever. Now he's injured again. Yeah. He's got an old man injury. <laughs> yeah, they were going to start him at the point guard. I moved Drew Holiday to shooting guard. Which, which I think is fine because Drew Holiday is not a very good which, point guard. Which can work, but I just I would just rather have Holiday as the point guard. and then they're, Who's the shooting guard then? CJ Miles? Their guard. <coughs> no, CJ Miles. CJ Miles is on Toronto. Oh, uh, no, no. Who I'm thinking of. Solomon Hill. And he's injured. He's out for the year. And, uh, no. Those guys used to play on the Pacers together, right? Yeah, yeah. And people got them confused, right? <laughs> yeah. Okay, their guard, their, their shooting guard depth is Etwan Moore, Jordan Crawford, and Tony Allen. <laughs> which is not at all good. I saw somebody make a joke the other day that Jordan Crawford has the highest ratio of how good he thinks he is to how good he actually is. He, yeah. It's like 30 to 50 times he thinks he's better than he actually is at basketball. Yeah, it, they, he shares the same characteristic as Jamal Crawford, is that you don't need to tell him to shoot. Yeah. But at least Jamal's goes in. <laughs> I just, I don't really understand them letting Tim Frazier walk if that's their two-guard rotation. Like, Tim Frazier, I'd rather have a young guy who's mediocre and can get you 10 or 12 points a game than Etwan Moore. Yeah, they also have Ian Clark. With, who's was a decent three point shooter for the Warriors? I think with extra time, he could, with extra minutes this year, he could show to be like a pretty good backup guard. So all their backups are guys that when you're looking for a free agent on NBA 2K, <laughs> the guys that are just there on the list. Yeah, basically. <laughs> and their their like rating is always like 68 or 70, and that's because just like the people on NBA 2K, no one knows if they're fucking good. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, so there, so there's New Orleans. Why are you out on Portland? I think you, you briefly said that they didn't really add anyone, but do you have like yeah. a, a more compelling reason? I just, I just don't really like them all that much. I still think the Evan Turner fit is really awkward. I want to see a whole year of Yusuf Nurkic before I think that it is a perfect fit there. And I mean, Turner's I mean, not a contract they can move. No, he got <laughs> he cashed out on the first year of the cap spike. And then I, mean, I don't even it, think you could get Ryan Anderson for him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I mean, if they trade, I mean, I'm no. If they, um, if if Nurkic does turn out to be as good as we saw him to be, I could easily be, I could easily see them making the list at seventh or eighth. Yeah, I just, but I don't know. I like Terry. Terry Stotts. Stotts, man. I, I wanted to call him Terry Coots. I can picture <laughs> his big rooster-looking ass. I think he's a good coach, but. If your two best players are, like, worse than Harden quality defensively, I don't see how you can continue doing it. Like, those guys are going to have to, once again, average, like, 55 points a game. <laughs> 50 or 55 points a game for them to be relevant. Obviously, I'm talking about Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum. But... Yeah, yeah. I mean, let's see here. If yeah. either one of them gets injured, they're done. Like yeah, their season is over. <laughs> yeah, their guard depth is extremely weak. Their two backups are Pat Connaughton and Shabazz Napier. I I feel like that is slightly unfair because I feel like Evan Turner essentially is a point guard, shooting guard at this point in his career. 
I don't he think can't I, shoot, though. Yeah, I understand that, but I don't think that he's really a small forward. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> he's not a good point guard or shooting guard. They just have, but and, he ran offensive possessions for the Celtics two years ago. And their all their front court players are like <clears throat> random young guys, random who, tweeners, yeah, who so, aren't big enough to bang and also aren't shooting that well. Yeah, so they're they're starting power forward and center is Alfred Camino and Yusuf Nurkic, and then after that they have Ed Davis, Miles Leonard, Noah Vonley, Zach Collins, and Caleb Swanigan. All guys who like are they are they even NBA players? Are those they... are like the the Pelicans guys? Can, those are seventy or sixty eight yeah, rated can, guys. Can they average more than four points and three rebounds? I <laughs> no. <laughs> For Ed Davis, the answer is no. Let's see. Yeah, and so like they just... Ed Davis isn't even that young either. Yeah, no, he's, let's see, he's 28. He's been in the league for like eight years. He averaged four and five last year in 17 oh, minutes, so that's not that bad, but still, like... The, the, How, wait, hold on. Oh, wait, sorry. Ed Davis back. has played 490 NBA games. Yeah, I mean, he's been A lot decent. of that was with the Lakers, right? He he came into the league in 2010. I don't know who else he's played with. I think he played a lot with the Lakers. He, yeah, he played with the Lakers. Uh, who else did he play with? Uh, the Raptors and the Grizzlies. And yeah, yeah. With the Ra- with the Raptors, he averaged twenty four minutes a game. With the Lakers, twenty three. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I like him, but these are all after Lillard and McCollum. It's Evan Turner and Yusuf Nurkic, and then a bunch of guys who should be like players at the end of the roster who you just like put in the D League to see if they're still yeah. see if they're actually good or not. <clears throat> yeah, like Noah Vonley. Stuff. Yeah, sorry, G League. Yeah, the G League. Yeah, I don't know why they changed it. The Gatorade League. Oh, is it Gatorade? Is yes. It? Jesus Christ. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, what? What does G stand for? Yep, it's Gatorade. Good. <laughs> Which, I mean, I mean, Gatorade's good, but me and Will's girlfriend Christina were on that Propel bandwagon. So <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Speaking of my girlfriend, um. Coming soon, uh, Christina reads James <laughs> fantasy stats with her nighttime retainer in. <laughs> Look forward to that segment. Also, she texted me a couple minutes ago. She's at H-E-B. She's going to bring us both a piece of Oreo cheesecake. Oh, hell yeah. Oh, God, that's so good. <laughs> hell yeah. Okay, so with that in mind, <laughs> let's get out of here already then. Uh, we went. We actually went pretty far. I thought it was going to be a short podcast. It turned out to be very long. <laughs> How long was it? One twenty-six. We're at right now. So. <laughs> <laughs> going to need some time codes in that bad boy. Yeah. So uh, thanks again for listening. Well, uh, the season starts this upcoming week. We got uh, the Rockets on Tuesday against the Warriors, and oh, then the yeah. Spurs on Wednesday against the Wolves. It's going to be fucking great. I'm going to stay up super late on Tuesday and be so tired at work on Wednesday. Yeah, I mean, this is just going to be a fun year. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I don't really, like, it doesn't even matter to me about where the Spurs end up. I just know overall the league is going to be so entertaining this year. There's so much to look forward to. I, I, I mean, I'm pumped. As always, thank you guys for listening. If you're an everytime listener, thank you so much. Please send us <laughs> some more questions. We didn't really get any questions this week. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, do that. We love, we love to be engaged with our <laughs> listeners. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, so this has been Barbacoa, Big Red, Basketball. See you next week. Chuck it.